Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sure Geekdom. I am Mr. Chris. And I am Ariel. Today we're going to talk about a few things. We got WandaVision on the plate. And we also have The Last Ronin. It's a new Ninja Turtle comic. So you ready to do this? Yep, I'm ready to do this. Alright, then let's go. So we're going to talk about WandaVision first. Um, WandaVision was in episode eight. Um, we First of all, we got the little bop of Agatha all along from episode seven. So we find out that Agatha has been literally controlling every, just about everything. She's trying to figure out what was triggering Wanda and how Wanda could do half the stuff that she was doing. Yeah. But you know, the one thing about that show is still confusing me is the whole timeline. And the whole thing with Vision, like, is that actually Vision's body? Because from the uh, the flashback or whatever, she didn't never take the body. She act, but then when we watched the one video, it showed that she did take the body, but the chief guy wasn't there. So apparently, in this, I guess this Wanda, this was your life segment that Agatha was taking her through from the time she was a little kid and what was it Sokovia and then um going through I think we saw the part where when they got when she got to sword it wasn't so much that she um it was it was before she took the body I think what she saw at the beginning was because the chief guy was there but then remember he saw the video when she took the body so I don't know it's kind of weird, but we did get this. We got the soulless vision, white vision, as some people are calling it. Okay, so the question is, since they had vision, and you see that at the end, wasn't that actually Vision's body? You know, honestly, it could have been a clone. I'm thinking it's a clone. Hmm. I think that she got the real Vision's body, and I think that they just took the circuitry out because remember they was pulling him apart when she saw his body. But why was she, if she's going back, seeing things that she had witnessed and seen herself, why would she vision herself not taking Vision's body if she actually did take it? Well, Agatha was controlling the, the memories. At, at, I mean, Agatha was trying to, Agatha was controlling everything. That's what I got from it, that she was controlling what we saw. So maybe Agatha was like, I don't need to see, we don't need that part because Technically, when she saw them taking Vision's body apart, that's what caused her to go crazy like she did. Yeah, but again, like I said, if that's her memories, and she didn't ever, it's not like after all that, she was like, no, no, that's not how it happened. I mean, you've seen her walk out and then go to the car and then 
There was no body. There was nobody chasing her. There was none of that. She didn't come get the body until after uh, Monica ended up inside the world. Monica hadn't even been, from what I was looking, from what I have gathered, when we saw Wanda at S.W.O.R.D. uh, looking at Vision's body with the head dude, um, I think that was also coincided with the same time that Monica was at the hospital and had been snapped back, if that makes sense. Okay, but if you go back and remember the... um the video that they showed of when Wanda supposedly stole the body, mm-hmm. it didn't actually show her stealing the body. It just seemed, it just shown her breaking through the glass. True, true. Which it's in her memory, that's what she did. I don't know. Do you still think it's Mephisto? Because you kept, you kept saying all along, it's Mephisto. This is Mephisto. I don't think the whole thing's Mephisto, but I do believe that he's going to make an appearance. I don't know. I'm just waiting to see what white vision does. I don't like calling him white vision. I call him soul. Soulless vision. Okay, so I know I said I wasn't really going to talk about wrestling, but briefly, I just want to bring it up. We have a brand new WWE champion in Bobby Lashley. The Almighty. The Almighty era has begun. Now, I'm just hoping that he's not just a transitional champion you think he's a placeholder for drew mcintyre i've said it before i don't think drew mcintyre is going to get that belt back anytime soon i think we're i think we're looking at brock lesnar coming back and it's bobby versus brock we're going to get it finally we're probably going to get it but i just wanted to acknowledge that real quick okay before we move on since we're talking about wrestling how do you feel about this whole forbidden door angle okay so at first, I liked the Forbidden Door angle because, you know, again, it was, it's what all fans wanted to see. You know, we wanted to see different promotions working together. Um, again, I, I've i always said this. Um, back in 2005, 2006, I always wanted to see AJ Styles wrestle Randy Orton. Um, I thought it would be a good match. And, I mean, both of them were on top of the company at the at that time. Um and they were like probably the two favorite ones I liked to watch at that time. Um, I feel like with the Forbidden Door now, it's too much. Um, at first, I was digging it when AEW Impact. Cool. I was okay with that. So then, all of a sudden, now, AEW's like, okay, well, we're going to bring in New Japan. And okay, that's a lot. And now, you have New Japan working with Impact. I feel like it's too it's too much. Um, it's not it's not really advancing any storylines for real, other than Moxley when he took on Kenta, that was it. And I mean, even beyond that, it's the match is over. Um, Moxley retained. To so what is the point of Kenta being on there now? Like to me, it's just really not. It's not very good. It's one of them things that you don't use all the time. Now, if it was just a like a one-off thing or, you know, because it's that whole element of the surprise because whenever you had, when you had uh, Omega come in with Callus and you're like, oh, they're going to impact. It was kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? But then you got them so. 
you don't really see a difference between AEW, Impact, and New Japan. Well, it's like when you open it, you open. You should have just kind of wedged the door open a little bit, not open it all the way, because it's like the whole thing with Sammy Guevara. Like, why would you go from being in a faction in AEW, who you're employed by, to them trying to send you to Impact to join another faction with another promotion that you're not even working for? Right. I agree with that. I mean, I think for me, it's also, it's, I mean, it's kind of muddy in the waters a little bit with the shows. It's kind of not making too much sense. And, I mean, if anything, do something, I mean, never mind. It's just, the. if anything, you could have brought some women, impact, some impact women over to AEW. But, you know. So, I mean, when you think about it, maybe Vince was right about not wanting to do that whole interpromotional stuff. Well, with Vince, Vince is about making money. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. But there's a lot of things that would have made money. I mean, it's just like if you would have ever got that match between, like, Cena and Omega, that would have made you a lot of money. True. But at the same time, in the way you're kind of seeing it now, it's like, it's almost like once you open that door, then there's no stopping it. You can't just have a one-off thing. Now it's a partnership. That's what it is with New Japan. New Japan is a partnership with Impact. Okay. Well, anyways, off that subject, if you want to hear more about wrestling, then you need to check out Power Ups and Power Bombs. And they are very good at what they do. So check them out. That's right. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Okay, so in this era of COVID, we can't get to comic book stores like we used to. Um, so I've started watching people, other people who read the comic books and review them on YouTube. I know that sounds really corny, but it's actually kind of fun because it saves me, number one, it saves me money. It saves me time. And plus, I don't have to go out there and, you know, catch COVID just to try to get one comic book. Plus, um, I've been looking at, you know, Comic Book World. They've been having a bunch of delays in shipping. And, I mean, I feel like, you know, you, you get invested into this series and then you can't read the next issue because it's three months later and, you know, USPS and all of them still haven't got their stuff together. So, one of the comics that I've been watching on YouTube um, and then shout out to Variant Comics for reviewing it was The Last Ronin. It's The Last Ronin, I'm sorry. It's a Ninja Turtles comic. And it's a Ninja Turtles comic that's set in the future and only one turtle survives. So the first issue of this comic, um, you just see one of the turtles. You don't know who it is. He's running through the city um, and he's looking for something or somebody. He's And he's got all the turtle's weapons. They don't tell you who this turtle is. And he's talking to somebody, but you don't know who he's talking to. Um, I don't want to spoil it because, you know, if you don't want to read it, read the comic book or head out to the comic book store, um, check out Variant Comics on uh, YouTube. Um, Eris, he does a really good job of breaking down comics and explaining it to you. And plus, he's really entertaining. And his shirt game is crazy. Like, I want to know where he gets his t-shirts from. 
let me just say watching it though because like i said in the first episode i'm not really but this ninja turtles comic is kind of dark like the original comics yeah because it goes back to like the old it reminds you of the old days of when ninja turtles was in black and white and you didn't they didn't have colors they didn't get the colors until the tv show and you really didn't know who was who only you only knew who was who based off the weapons that they carried and sometimes they were skilled in different weapons so you know you're thinking that's michelangelo but no it wasn't it's actually donatello because they were all skilled in different weapons so if you want to see or look at a comic with a jacked up turtle that's jacking people up it is a very good comic and the storyline is great the it just seems like it's all around a good uh, a good read. Yes, issue two just came out. The crazy thing, again, because this goes back to COVID and shipping, the first issue actually came out in like late November, early uh, December. Issue two, because there were so many delays in shipping, just hit the comic book sh- shelves like last week. So people have been waiting like almost, okay, I'm sorry, I take it back. It came out in October, so people have been waiting about four months for this. And I was reading some of the reviews where people were kind of very upset. They thought that it had got canceled because, you know, there was no issue two. Issue two wasn't even ready to go because issue one came out like end of October, early November-ish. And now just it's February. Well, February's over now. It's March. But it came out at the end of February. So again, if you want to check something out, check out the last ronin you will not be disappointed like i said if you can't get to the comic book stores and if you don't want to buy it online digitally um check out variant comics on youtube because he is really good at what he does now so what do you want to talk about now um let's talk about animes because we really didn't get into that last time okay now the anime game has seemed kind of lacking as of late. Would you agree with that? Disagree? Um, I think for me, it, it I feel like it's lacking for me because I don't keep up with anime like I used to. Like, I remember when Adult Swim every night in the early 2000s, um, anime was coming on at that 11 o'clock hour. That's when you got the Inuyasha coming on. Then you got like either samurai shampoo or what was it ronin kinchi you know you you haka show for a, you know for a hot second and i think that's when i was really paying attention to anime so i think because it's only on one night a week on saturdays it and it's on all night and i mean we're not young like we used to be so you can't i mean i'm not staying up to like four three o'clock in the morning to catch uh you know episode of food wars not gonna happen yeah, I fell asleep watching Food Wars. It's so weird how they could just take something so simple as cooking and turn it into an action type, action-packed anime. Well, according to you know my fellow co, my fellow host, because he's the host of the show, Power Ups and Power Bombs. See, I got it right this week. Uh, Andre, he said it's really entertaining, and then like there's one. I think there's like a few times where the food is like orgasmic. Like, the food's so good, it makes your clothes burst off. Oh, yeah. I've seen an episode where they were doing the, um, 
they was doing like a tournament type thing. And yeah, them judges, they they was they was getting off on it. You know, they had the sparkles, the the hallucinations, all that. Gotcha. So what would be your favorite anime and why? I've answered this question before. But you didn't answer it on here. No. It's Inuyasha. And why is because number one, I don't know. I, I just like, I, I love the whole aspect of Inuyasha. How, you know, you had Kagome, this girl who comes back, you know, she's, she's, her family has this well. She goes down the well and then now she's in feudal Japan. And she was always bringing, sometimes she would bring modern stuff with her, like her bike, her school books. And it never messed up the, you know, the whole time traveling thing that we were always told about you know like if you do something in the past it's going to affect the future and in Inuyasha it didn't do that at all so I think I like that because time travel stuff gets very murky for me and I get very confused easily um with the whole butterfly effect thing but I think to me it's because I think I like the whole with Inuyasha I like that him and Shishomaru don't get along and it's mostly because Shishomaru feels like, you know, my half-breed brother got all of dad's love and I didn't. And I'm a full demon and he left me the sword that literally, you know, saves people. Or, and then he gets the sword that takes people away. So, I mean, I, I was heavily invested in Inuyasha. I had like all four of the OVA movies. I mean, I watched it every time I... I literally watched it from beginning to uh, to the end i did not watch inuyasha final cut because i didn't really care for it that was probably like that would be like somebody saying with dragon ball they don't like gt i didn't like the final cut but i am finding myself watching yashahime which is the spinoff with shishomaru's daughters and inuyasha and kagome's daughter yeah i was going to ask you what you thought about the the new series i enjoyed the new series because I mean, I feel like it's it's very it's very organic, and I'm I'm glad that it's not about just Inuyasha and Kagome's child. I'm glad that they added an aspect in of Shishomaru had twin daughters, and then the one daughter got got sucked into the tree and ended up on the outside world with Kagome's brother. I mean, I kind of liked it, so it's kind of like they kept it going with the family aspect, like. Kagome's brother adopts Shishomaru's daughter. I mean, it's like I said, it's pretty good. Um, I'm waiting for season two. I think I'm almost done with season one. Hmm. So, what is your favorite anime and why? That's a hard question because there's so many good animes that I've seen, and if I had to pick one, I don't think I could honestly do it hmm. because. Okay, I love JoJo's Bar- Bizarre Adventures. Even though as weird as it is sometimes, I still enjoyed every, you know, every season, every arc. Um, uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Wait a minute, which one? I made it through, did I? I think I might have made it through the Cartoon Network version and the Brotherhood version. And... I want to say I like the Brotherhood version more so. The Brotherhood version was dark and it gave us a very sad moment. 
But um, I, I like dark and, you know. No, I see you. I knew you was going to do that. Um, And then there's also the anime um, Higurashi. Um, it, it's very it's very dark and it's very um, gruesome at times, but it's a psychological type thing at the same time, which is kind of, I like them. And then there's another anime called Monster that follows a, uh, a doctor that had to choose between saving a child or saving the mayor of the city. Hmm. And they kept trying to push him to save the mayor but the child needed the assistance more so than the mayor. And it turns out the child is some type of, uh, grows up to be some type of uh, crazy, psychotic serial killer. It's it's weird, but it was really good. It's one of them that I binge watched. Um, so the doctor made a wrong choice. No, he didn't make a wrong choice at the time. Because the mayor ended up being okay anyway. Okay. But he was like the best doctor in the hospital. So, you know, they wanted him to do it. And he was like, no, you know, this other doctor will be good. He can do it. And I'll take care of the more serious, you know, case we got going on over here. But yeah, it was this one of them that I binge watching. It was it was crazy. Okay, so I figured you would have said Dragon Ball Z. Because when I met you, that's all you had was Dragon Ball Z DVDs pretty much. Well, yeah, I mean, I had the Dragon Ball uh, Dragon Ball Z box set. I had all the DVDs, but I mean, that wasn't my favorite, though. You know, going back and looking at all of the animes that I've watched, I mean, Dragon Ball Z was kind of the, um, it was the gateway into anime for me. So, is it because in the 90s, that's all we had was Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon? Is that the reason... You would say that, because I think that's why a lot of, and I don't want to say fanboys and fangirls, I think that's why a lot of Dragon Ball fans love Dragon Ball Z is because that was the option we had in America at that time. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really all we had. We had Pokemon and we had Dragon Ball Z. Put some respect on Sailor Moon's name. Well, I'm just saying, because they came on back to back. And the thing about it was, is that with Pokemon, you didn't even know that Pokemon was an anime. You just thought it was a cartoon. You know, honestly, I didn't know it was a game. Like, I didn't know it was a Nintendo game until I was a little bit old. Well, I don't want to say a little bit older, like, because Pokemon came out when I was like 12. So, I just thought it was like cute little figures and the, the cartoon was cool. The little theme song bopped. But I didn't know it was like a Nintendo game. Like, I didn't know they had it on, because when I had a Game Boy... I, I had Tetris. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, to me, you know, you're right about that. That was, we didn't have a whole lot of options when it came to anime. True. So after school, that was, you know, what I did. I went home, watched Pokemon, which I could miss Pokemon. But Dragon Ball Z, I had to be home. Like there was doctor's appointment, screw going to the doctor's. I got to go home and watch Dragon Ball Z. See, I felt that way about Sailor Moon. Like, I I think to me, the number one, it was like the first time, it was in a long time that we had a 
female protagonist that was a superhero. Um, and it was in anime form. But the only thing I didn't like about Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon came on at 6 o'clock in the morning, right before you had to get up and go to school. So, you know, I wasn't catching it every day because I was one of those kids I hated getting up for school. And then by the time I got into middle school, I mean, I was catching my bus at the same time Sailor Moon was coming on. So I was like, I couldn't even really watch it because I had to be at school. But it was like, as I got older, I started like finding this stuff on the internet and I was watching it. I was like, well, well, dang, the sub was better than the dub. Yeah. The dub, we got robbed big time. But I mean, that's how most of the animes are. We get robbed and, you know, Japan gets all the cool stuff and we get all the censored stuff. True. But I mean, is there anything that you would suggest that somebody watches? I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there is a whole lot of anime that if you haven't seen and you're into animes, you need to check out. Like I said, there's Higurashi, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Monster, um, Elfin Lead. Don't shake your head at me. I did. That anime was crazy. Especially when the dog got beat. No, I was done. I couldn't do it. The kids was beating that dog. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a, a lot of them. And I, you know, I, I've seen so many that it's really hard to, you know, go through and just be like, you know, these are all the ones you should watch. Well, maybe that's what I'll do for the next episode. I'll compile a list of ones that I've seen that I thought were really good. But yeah, them that I mentioned are probably some of the best that I've seen that really kept me into it. And I was so sad whenever they the, the series ended, even though JoJo's still going on. Is JoJo started back up again? I don't think so. Because I think the next one is supposed to be... It's the one where they kind of do like the little... Um, it's almost like a cannonball run type of thing where they're racing around the world there's that one and then there's that one where it goes back in time into the old west and then they also got the one where uh, dang it I can't think of his name I just drew a blank Uh, old dude's daughter she's the next joke like Jojo Mm -hmm. but uh that's about it on anime for me because I can't really I don't really watch it like I used to like I, I got into Fire Force and Demon Slayer they were they were okay now question for you though about anime people compare like the you know the old animes versus the new animes like a lot of people are saying that Deku and the whole My Hero Academia is almost like Dragon Ball Z-ish. Um, like, Bleach was almost like Naruto-ish. Nothing's top in One Piece. One Piece is almost at a thousand episodes. One Piece has been going for a minute. Like, don't get me wrong, Dragon Ball has two, but One Piece got a thousand episodes. Mm-hmm. Which, even if you started watching now... At if you're over the age of 35, you probably wouldn't get done until you're about 48. Mm. So, 
do you agree when people say that about the animes like hey because i mean i feel like with the gen z generation they love like demon slayer they like fire force they like my hero academia millennials we were into dragon ball z um bleach was kind of ours but you can kind of give it to the gen zers um i'm trying to think of what else um that they were trying to say that it's there's god levels to it like oh and hunter x hunter is a gen zer anime yeah, another great anime hmm? so that's another great anime but i mean do you agree with that that every generation has their set of animes that they hold dear i mean of course i mean it's just like with anything when you take any type of entertainment type industry there's always going to be certain things that each generation holds near and dear to their heart whether that's anime music tv shows movies you know games anything like that there's always going to be you know that that one that general for each generation that is like the it thing right but i mean as far as you know a lot of things being similar anime about cooking and it still has aspects that you would see from dragon ball z right where you see them powering up and it's like ah, toaster strudel you hey, know that was funny that anime is crazy yeah but i mean i'm just saying is that them type of aspects it's kind of like a um it's a a staple in, in animes there's certain things that you're you know that you know you're going to see and there's certain things that are implemented into these it doesn't necessarily seem like they would be implemented but they are and it works so all right so now i want to talk about a fandom that i forgot to say and i'm gonna be 100 with you guys i've loved this franchise since i was i don't know i don't know how for how long i can remember my dad got me into it um star wars we never we didn't talk about star wars at all no we didn't <laughs> okay so star wars is probably one of my favorite fandoms um only because I wasn't really big into Star Trek, as, and I, I like I like the original Star Trek, and I did dabble into some the Next Generation. But Star Wars for me was like what did it and what made me like the whole space aspect. Which then after that I started tuning into Deep Space Nine, Enterprise. Um, and God, I can't forget one more, but I mean it's a lot. So for you, what is your favorite Star Wars? movie out of all of them now you haven't seen the last three correct i to be honest once you get past the original three i'm done okay so the original three are five what's it uh is it a new hope um the empire strikes back and return of the jedi i think that's four five and six so you're not a fan of the early 
2000s, which was Attack of the Clone, um, God, The Phantom Menace, and I, I'm forgetting one. See, now I'm going to have to look it up because I'm forgetting. See, now you, you're sitting there talking about that. You don't even know what the movie is. Well, about. no, because I didn't care for those. And I'm sorry. I mean, Phantom Menace was not that great. Like, it really wasn't. And it's only because we were promised the whole Darth Maul kind of thing. And then before you know it, the man ends up dying. Yeah. And I mean, Darth Maul was heavy, heavy. Um, you know, merchandise-wise, they teased the heck out of that guy. Like, the the double saber. The I mean, he had more merch than he had time in the movie. Yeah. And that's what irked my nerves about it. And what's sad is I, went, I actually went to the theater to see that movie, and I was like, no. And I think that's what really turned me off to watching the other two following it. And then with the new news. The Disney. those are they, They've renamed them. Those are the Disney Star Wars. Well, I'm going to call them the new news series. I mean, I seen the first one, and I wasn't really all that impressed with it but i think it's it's kind of like what you know we was talking about earlier that if you grew up on the first three that's a very high bar to try to reach for anything that comes after it true okay so i i got the list of them now finally it was Attack of the Clones and then Revenge of the Sith. And how could you not like Revenge of the Sith? Because, I mean, literally Anakin went through and said, fuck them kids. Well, I didn't see it, so I can't say one more oh, or the you didn't other. See the, okay, so you didn't see the part where Anakin was kind of no, turning. No, I seen, I seen Phantom Menace mm-hmm. in the theater, and I disliked it so much that I didn't even give the next two the chance. Okay. Attack of the Clones, like, out of them three... Revenge of the Sith was my favorite out of them three. Because Phantom Menace, to me, when you go back and rewatch it, it kind of makes no sense because Anakin's a little kid and then, unless she just doesn't age, Padme's already kind of grown. And so then by Attack of the Clones, she's grown, he's grown. And I'm like, well, when did that happen? And so, I think with Revenge of the Sith, I think the only reason why I liked it is because we finally got you know, we finally got the story of Anakin turning, of mm. turning to the dark side. Padme having the twins and dying. And then, to me, like everybody said, the best part of the movie is when he went through to the old Jedi little uh, youngling center and was like, they're like, hey, Anakin, he killed all them kids. Mm. But, with the Mandalorian, they're trying to say that Grogu was there. So when they go to do a re-edit of those movies, they're going to add Grogu into it. Mm. I bet. Because they did that with when they went back and redid the Star Wars, like A New Hope and all of them, they at the end of Return of the Jedi, they put Anakin's, they put Hayden Christensen's Anakin into the that yeah when they had the yeah the little spirits yeah Obi-Wan I didn't like that because I'm like give me the original like keep it original because when he died he died when Vader died he died an old man he didn't die young. Unless you're trying to say that the Jedi's revert back to their Jedi form of when they were good. Mm-hmm. Because it made no sense to re-edit that. Now, I will say that the Mandalorian was great. Mandalorian was excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And Gina Carano, you fucked yourself. 
just saying that. Girl, you lost your money. But to me, my favorite Star Wars movie of all times is Return. I mean, it's not Return of the Jedi. That's my second favorite. But my actual favorite one is Empire Strikes Back is because we get the Luke, I am your father. And then Luke's trying to be like, no, no. And then he's like, yeah, homie, I'm your father. It's true. But then um, we also get that the kiss that him and Leia had at the first movie was very incestuous. And then she even indicates that, oh, I, I kind of had a feeling he was my brother. Hmm. But it's like, that's very Kentuckyish. Only in the Dagobah system. It's very Kentuckyish, I would say. Um, but, you know, I, and then you got Lando Calrissian. He was like, I just, I don't know. That movie to me, and plus, it was just set, it set it up perfect for, Return of the Jedi, but yeah, keep in mind, I got to watch them in order. So, because Return of the Jedi came out when I, the year I was born. So, I can only imagine being older and you're having to wait two years for the next movie. I mean, heck, I get impatient about the Marvel movies. Still impatient now. Like, when are they coming? So, you're not really a Star Wars person. No, not really. I mean, I like Star Wars, but it's like I said, if it's if it's not the because I was deep into the the first three, like when I was younger, I was deep into it. Like I had all the action figures, and you know, I I probably watched each one of them in order, you know, several times. But it's like I said, when I went to the movie theater and seen the Phantom Menace, I just disliked it so bad it just turned me off from anything after that. I mean, I didn't like it either, but I mean, that's the thing about when you're when you're in a fandom and you're in a toxic fandom, you kind of stick with it. I mean, I watched Fantastic Four the first two. I didn't see that that last reboot one, and those two Fantastic Four movies were they were not that great. No, they really wasn't. I mean. We can talk about Jessica Alba just not being the right person to play Sue Storm. They could have picked anybody. Anybody. I would have took I would have took Britney Spears and she can't even really act for real. Alright, so you were you said you're not a Star Wars person. Um so one thing I do want to talk about is Marvel and I wanna talk about how a couple weeks ago Marvel, the Marvel Studios, got the rights back to um, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, um, Luke Cage, and The Punisher, the the Netflix shows. They were all good. Iron Fist was okay. Iron Fist was trash. Iron Fist had a lot of problems. It was trash. A lot of problems. So... My question to you, now that Marvel Studios has those back in-house, in the House of Mouse, do you want to see them reboot the series or keep the same people? Mm. Well, I mean, as far as Jessica Jones, as far as Luke Cage, as far as Daredevil, 
Oh, I forgot Daredevil. I left him out too. He was, but his wife got reverted back to this in this one. They need to keep it. Iron Fist. I mean, I don't know, cause. I mean, the the show was just, you know, in, in in my opinion, the show was just so horrible that I think you just need to start over with it completely. Well, let me give you a little backdrop to the Iron Fist um, situation. The guy who was on Iron Fist, he um he was also on Game of Thrones. He had got the role of Iron Fist, but he was kind of wrapping up Game of Thrones at the same time. So when everybody else was training, doing their martial arts training, he basically came in the like I think like a week before they started shooting and so he had to try to cram in all of the martial arts training and it showed like because he didn't hardly ever do any other you know any moves other than your basic kicks and punches um but other than that I don't want to that would be the probably the only one I would want to see remade now the question I also have for you is because um, Iron Fist is going through what they call the white savior uh, aspect now. Mm-hmm. Because it's a story of a white man whose dad, who was white as well, went into Kung Lung, got the Iron Fist training, and basically passed it on to his son inadvertently. And a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people said that that's a white saviorism, is that you're taking a white character giving him Asian aspects or or African-American aspects and then putting them out there. But here's the question I have for you. Mm-hmm. Who made Iron Fist? A black man. So, you know, it's just one of them things where it's like Iron Fist is Iron Fist. He was made the way he was made. The stories were written how they were written. You know, it's like take it or leave it. Because I've seen some people say that they want to see Iron Fist remade with an Asian character. I was like, well, if that's the case, then you got Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi's movie's coming out soon, too. But Iron Fist was never Asian. Exactly. That's the issue I have, is that Danny Rand was never Asian. And a lot of people get mad about that. They're like, well, yes, he was. And I was like, no. That's what you call Mandela effect. Because he was never Asian at all. Mm -hmm. He was never hinted at being Asian. He was always a white guy. His name is Danny Rand. I mean, he's literally, he was a rich kid. He was like a Bruce Wayne or or Tony Stark. He was a rich kid whose parents died, and his parents died by trying to reach Kung Lung, and he gets there, and then they take him in, and it's like, oh. And then they put him through the trials of the Iron Fist, and he passed. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it it's not a story that you could say has aged well, because everyone wants to be socially conscious now. But again, my problem is is that if you take Iron Fist and you change him around, you're getting Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi was also known as the Living Weapon as well. And that's a Marvel character who was Asian. And I mean, he was kind of based off of Bruce Lee. But when you go back and look at stuff like that, then you would have to change a lot of things. You would have to change up the Matrix. Keanu Reeves shouldn't have been Neo. He shouldn't have been trained in martial arts like he was Lawrence Fishburne shouldn't have been uh, Morpheus I mean there's a lot of things that you can take like it and say well it should have been this way because of how the role is but then you gotta cancel 
Jean-Claude Van Damme. You got to cancel Chuck Norris. I mean, there's so many aspects that you can go back and look at and say, well, they shouldn't have played that role because they wasn't Asian. Well, I think with the Iron Fist issue, what gets some of the, and I'm not calling them gatekeepers, but I think what gets some of the the the, the socially conscious um, fans in a tizzy is that you had a white guy who was trained by Asians to do an Asian art because I mean even in Iron Fist, like it came down to Danny and the guy who was training him's son, and they both went into the cave to fight the dragon or or whatever or go through the trials of the Iron Fist. Danny came out with the symbol. The other guy didn't, mm-hmm. and he was Asian. So I feel like you know we're trying to take. 2010s or two, uh, 2020s mind of thinking and trying to apply it to a comic book character that's from the 70s and we're trying to apply our social culture today to something that was you know almost 50 years ago and trying to make it okay some under some and some things i understand but i feel like with with iron fist you would take away it would it would take away from it and like i said you would just literally just be getting shang chi well i mean the the thing about it is is that i mean you could do it but at the same time then you're going to have the the you know the, the people that actually read the comics that followed you know iron fist and they would be like what the hell is this this is not iron fist iron fist was not asian I mean, it's like taking Luke Cage and being like... Making him white. You know, making him a, let Batista play Luke Cage. Like, what the hell is this? People would be so mad. Exactly. So mad. So, I mean, it's one of them situations where it's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. But the fact of the matter is, is that the comic was written, illustrated the way that it was. And that's how it was reflected in the Netflix series. And again, I'm gonna say it one more time. It would just be Shang Chi, but Shang Chi is also the son of the Mandarin. So, you know, I can't wait for that movie to because I think it's called Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for that movie to come out because I mean the cast looks excellent. Excellent. I feel like if back to what we were originally talking about before we got off on Iron Fist because we wanted to both be remade with. Not remaking Danny, but remade. However, um, I would like to see Mike Coulter come back as Luke Cage, mm-hmm. Christian Ritter come back as uh, Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. Charlie Cox come back as Daredevil, mm-hmm. which they've hinted that Charlie Cox is gonna be in. I think the Spider Man movie. Hmm. They've hinted at it, but see, Tom Holland's been kind of throwing this little jab, saying, "Oh no, they're not gonna be in the movie," but a. Uh, uh, what was it? A Uber Eats guy had said that Tobey Maguire's in Atlanta. They're filming Spider-Man in Atlanta. Why else would he be there? Mm-hmm. But they're also filming, I think they're also filming um, they're doing refilm, reshoots of um, Doctor Strange's movie down there mm-hmm. too. So, which I mean, that is heavily rumored that they're all going to be in that movie. So we're finally going to get that deep dive into the multiverse. Finally. I'm just curious on who's going to be in the Fantastic Four. The first family of Marvel. 
I don't know, because I mean, with with Disney and with Marvel Studios, MCU, they seem like they do a pretty good job at casting. I don't think there's been anybody that you've been like, no, they they just no, everybody's been top notch, and even the ones like I didn't really know who Chris Hemsworth was. I knew Chris Evans was, but I knew Chris Evans from you know the Perfect Score and. What was that one movie he was in? What was it? Cell phone or whatever, where he found his cell phone or whatever. I knew him from that. And not another team movie. I knew him from those. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Been knowing about him for years. Um, I think they won't do a bad job. Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that I'm going to mess his name up. But, uh, the guy who plays Jim from The Office, mm-hmm. he should be Reed Richards. He's been pushing for it for years. Hmm. He wants to be in the MCU. Like he, him and his wife. His wife is Emily Blunt. She was also in um, what was that movie that they were in where you had to be quiet? Oh, a Quiet Place. She was in it with him. You ain't never seen that movie where they had to go around town, but they had to be quiet because if they made noise, the people would uh. Like there was these little things over it was almost like bird box, mm-hmm. but they had to be quiet and and I think in that movie she was a deaf she was a she was pregnant, but she was deaf mm-hmm. so she had she sign language a lot, but he was in they were in that movie together because he produced it I think him him and her as and plus she can she's British, but she has a really good American accent. I think them two being Most Susan, British actors do I know the black ones especially. All of them do. I know they're good. They're better at being Americans than we are. Because it's like when I, you know, when I start first started watching the The Walking Dead, almost everybody in there was British. Yeah. But you didn't know. And then when I finally found, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? I knew Andrew Lincoln was, but that's because I seen Love Actually. He was the sweater guy in Love Actually. I know you're not into rom coms again. It was just one of those weird ones that I watched. Uh. But I would like to see them too. I don't know who I would like to see as the thing. And I don't want to see Chris Evans reprise his role as Johnny Storm. I mean, I don't want to see that. Mm-mm. It'd be hilarious if he did, though. And it also would be hilarious if Doctor Strange, because the next one's what I think his next movie is called The Horrors of the Multiverse. Mm-hmm. It would be crazy if Chris Evans reprises his role as that Johnny Storm. From the 20th Century Fox. But don't forget, in the reboot, it was um, um, Michael B. Jordan that was Johnny Storm. Nobody talks about the reboot. I'm just saying. Nobody talks about the reboot. I'm just saying. If that happens, I mean, no, I'd rather see Chris Evans before I see him. Oh, we could get both. And I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. And plus, if you go back, you know, going back to WandaVision, you had the Fox Quicksilver. Not the MCU Quicksilver. You had the Fox Quicksilver make an appearance in it, which was kind of like, whoa. I didn't but, think they would do that. But it was Agatha all along. Yeah, it was Agatha, but the fact that they did that was just kind of like, I wonder if they're going to try to incorporate the other variants of the of the superheroes. I don't know. But are we going to get the Deadpool being almost like the... Stan Lee of the Marvel films. 
because I mean, they said Ryan Reynolds is kicking that idea around where he's going to be a cameo in all the films. It might be like a small hush hush cameo, but or some people said it would be him dressed up as Stanley, like still wearing a Deadpool but has the toupee and the the glasses and you know. I don't know. We just have to see. I'm just getting tired of waiting because I'm waiting for Black Widow. And I mean, there, there's, it's coming out next month, they say. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. But then again, I want to see how that goes, too. She still has one more movie under her belt that she has to do before her contract's out. Mm-hmm. But according to Chris Evans, he's, you know, he's done. Like, we know Robert Downey Jr.'s done with Marvel World. I think the only thing he'll do is, like, voiceover. But he's done. Chris Evans says he's done, but then he put like a little skeptical face at the end of his tweet, so you don't know if he's done. Mm-hmm. I wish he wouldn't be. So, what games are you playing this week? Uh, Dark Souls 2, which pissed me off. Punishment. Just this, you know. I was waiting for punishment. Yep. And then, uh,. NCAA Basketball 2010. Don't know why. Just picked it up and started playing it. Is it because you're not following college basketball? It's hard to follow it this year. Is it because of the no fans thing? No, it's it's not really the no fans thing, but it's it's more so you have you keep having all of these cancellations because of players and coaches coming down with COVID and the way that the tournament's going to be set up that it's all going to be in Indianapolis and the surrounding areas it was it's just kind of weird I you know and I, I said it last year and I'm going to say it this year COVID-19 is your national champions once again back is it going to is it going to be oh it's going to you think it's going to be this year it's a repeat mm. I mean, I don't think they're going to cancel the tournament. But, I mean, it's just really hard to get into it this year. Yeah. I mean, I've been dabbling here and there. I'm just still kind of mad that, you know, the three, one of the three dynasty teams, they all three suck this year. And it's all Louisville's fault. We got to blame Louisville. It is. It's all Louisville's fault. We, We can't buy players anymore. Duke, we suck this year, by the way. Thanks to Louisville. And they swept us. So, before we before we sign off for, for our second episode, which I don't even know what we would call this episode. I'm going to call it episode two. We need a name for it. I don't know. We'll figure that out. We'll figure it out. Okay. So before we sign off, is there anything that you want to say to anybody um, before we do our send-offs and where people can find us at? Okay, I want to I want to give a shout-out to the almighty Bobby Lashley. Because, you know, I don't know why, but last night when he won, I felt proud. <laughs> I don't know why, but I felt proud. You know, it's he deserved it. So much, and I mean, Bobby Lashley's been around for so long. And the biggest shout out to MVP 
Because MVP is the one that really made all that happen. Facts. And can you imagine if it was Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar? And then on top of that, you got Paul Heyman versus MVP in the promos. I'm going to push back on that one. I don't think Paul's going to be with him. I mean, I'm just saying, if it happened, can you just, can you imagine that you got two of the best promo guys ever, and then you got the, the, the match between the two people that everybody's wanted to see for years and years and years. That is WrestleMania quality programming. I don't think we're getting that at WrestleMania. We'll get that. I don't at think S- we will either, but we're I'm getting just it saying. at SummerSlam. I'm speaking it into existence. That's happening at SummerSlam. Because, I mean, Brock Lesnar, remember when he came back? When he first came back to WWE, what was it? He came back, like, after WrestleMania, but we didn't really see him again until... That's when we got the whole Suplex City, bitch. Mm-hmm. When he manhandled John Cena at Rus- at SummerSlam. Yeah. So. But, yeah. And then shout out to Leo Rush, because his whole Lashley thing actually really did... It, it held up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, shout out to everybody in the Power Ups and Power Bombs crew who's been supportive of this podcast and it's always great to listen to because they know what they're talking about kind of, i kind of know what i'm talking about yeah, sometimes yeah, I know what y'all talking about. so all right so my shout outs are a little bit longer than him but i'm gonna shout out drizzy dre and lynn for what's your digits podcast it's one of my favorite ones to listen to i mean they are a great couple and they're very entertaining they they always surprise me every time I listen to them because it's like I learned something new about their relationship. And, I mean, it's they're so funny and they're so awesome. I want to shout them out big time. So check out What's Your Digits podcast. I mean, you won't be disappointed. I also want to shout out Corey at The Ville Wrestling. Corey has been really supportive um, of our podcast as well. Um, he knows almost everything about Louisville, Louisville wrestling and any any wrestling surrounding. Um, so shout out to him. And then also congratulations to him and his wife, Mary. They just had a little boy a couple weeks ago. So they are first time parents. So um, we Good know luck. what that's Good luck. <laughs> we know what that's like, um, especially little boys. Little boys are so awesome until they grow up and then they become stinky. Um, also want to shout out Java Tears. Uh, podcast network um very excellent people to listen to um if you want a new york style of wrestling podcast please give them a listen um plus they are very supportive of any podcast um i mean and plus it just feels good to be in like in company with other black wrestling fans because that's something i never had as a kid and never even had even growing up as an adult until now I'm in my 30s and I found them. It's like I feel like I'm at home. Then shout out to the Nation of African American Wrestling. No. Most entertaining Facebook page uh, or group that I'm in. I have a great time. Uh, I mean, people are debating if Vince should be invited to the cookout. No. No. Vince wore a whole do-rag and said the N-word. But Vince could never be invited to the cookout. Vince could wear Tim's 
and a snapback and still you can't get in. Dude, you're not getting in. As a white guy, I'm saying no. You can't be invited to the cookout. Linda's I don't gonna, even want him there. Linda's going to ruin the cookout because she's going to have apples and raisins in the potato salad. Stephanie, too. Stephanie looks like she might try to sleep with somebody's uh, uncle playing uh, dominoes, but I'm going to leave that alone. I love Stephanie McMahon. I don't know why I just said that about her. Shout out to Variant Comics. Um, follow him on YouTube. If you want to get your comic needs, like me, I'm just lazy and I don't want to go to the comic book store, so I just listen to him tell me about comic books that I should read. And then he, almost every episode, he gives you a pull list of things that he recommends for the week. Um, so shout out to him for always doing that and helping me out. And then shout out to Hardy Wrestling Podcast. Miss Stephanie is one of the most likable people. Um, she has a very chill, positive vibe when she talks about wrestling, and she's a one-woman show. And she is very proud, very black, and she's from Alabama. So um, I want to support her and give her some support because she likes stuff. She likes some of my stuff on Instagram. And then lastly, I'm giving a shout out to to my crew at Power Ups and Power Bombs. I got it right. See, I, I had to write this stuff down, actually, <laughs> but I got it right. So shout out to Drizzy Dre again and Bernard. Um, you guys... Uh, gave me the confidence to do this podcast because I didn't think I would be good at it. But I'm going to keep shouting you guys out because without you guys, I wouldn't be able to do this and then we wouldn't be able to do this. Um, So we will be back again next week. Next week we might have a guest. Maybe. We tried to get the boy to come on but then he wanted to do a funny voice and we were like, no. Also, shout out to the dog. Where is the dog? The dog is around here somewhere. Shout out to Leo. He's the most positive dog in this house. Leonidas of Sparta. That is his actual name is Leonidas of Sparta because we're geeks. <laughs> so you can follow me at Ariel Cottrell on Facebook. I am BlackBarbie116 on Instagram. I'm BlackBarbie116 on Twitter. Oh, God. That was a lot to say. Um, if you want to talk wrestling, Star Wars, um, I think I'm going to try my hand at Doctor Who. But I'm there if you want to talk. You can hit me up. We can talk about anything you want to talk about. 80s cartoons might be next week's what we talk about next week. Mm -hmm. And you can catch me at Christopher Lee on Facebook. No Instagram. None of that. Because I'm, I'm, I'm old. I don't, you know, one social media is enough for me. We need an Instagram page, though. Yeah, true. But you can catch us on Sure Geekdom, the group, on Facebook. So, if you want to join us, like, subscribe, and um, we're anywhere that we, uh, where you can listen to your podcast. We're we're not on I we're not on iHeartRadio just yet, but we'll get there. Um, it was just kind of cool to see that we were an Apple Podcast. And this is an actual group; it's not just a page. So everybody has a chance to interact post what they want to post, talk about what they want to talk about, and we will definitely get in on the conversation because like I said last time, this is a community. It's not just a podcast. It's everything rolled up into one. Right. But also, once the world opens back up, we want to be able to travel and get to know everybody and then have like, do this live somewhere, you know, and have fun. And I mean, because I feel like 
as geeks or nerds, blurds, whatever you want to call yourself, we've hit our passions for too long. And I feel like we should embrace our passions and let everybody know. If you love wrestling, you let people know you love wrestling. Don't be ashamed to love wrestling. People tell me all the time, wrestling's fake. I still love it and I will still watch it. Just don't say that to Randy Orton. Oh, yeah. Yes. If you love Star Wars, let people know you love Star Wars. If and you if love you, Star Trek, let people know you love Star Trek. Exactly, because somebody else might, out there might like it too. Um, Especially because you don't want to make someone feel left out. So, me, I like Barbies. We can talk about that. If you are a Barbie collector, please let me know. Because, I mean, nobody really collects Barbies but me. But, again, let's let our geekdom flags fly so this is the name of the episode that'll work mm-hmm. certified geek seven days a week so for mr chris and Ariel, myself i just said that so weird we are out we'll see you guys next week peace